welcome everybody to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. I'm Greg Fisher, so glad to have you with us. Uh, We're going to use this episode to talk gun safety and gun preparedness. I wish we didn't have to, but it's an unfortunate reality of the world we live in today that this is something we have to talk so much about. That's why I'm joining 271 other mayors from across the United States, Republicans, Independents, and Democrats, and calling for federal action. We'll be joining other mayors in Washington, D.C. in September to advocate for common sense gun safety measures when the Congress reconvenes. Here's the background. The United States House of Representatives has passed two bills to expand background checks. I'm joining other mayors and voices around the country and calling on Senator McConnell, the leader of the Senate, and the entire U.S. Senate to vote on and pass these bills and for the president to sign them. Our elected officials need to stand up and be counted. Now, I know that these two laws won't prevent every gun crime, and that's an impossible standard to set and one that we certainly don't apply to the other laws in our country. These gun safety laws will prevent crimes and save lives. There's numerous data sources that show that. This is a way to make our country safer and still respect the rights of law-abiding gun owners. What's unconscionable is that we're not doing anything. Universal background checks have more than 80% public support and more than 70% support from NRA members. So Congress and D.C. need to catch up with where U.S. citizens are. In addition, I believe we need to push for other measures, including red flag laws and bans on high-capacity magazines and assault weapons. Think about the recent massacre in Dayton. Over 26 people were affected in less than 30 seconds. Think about that because of the ferocity of assault weapons. In fact, the American public is with us on this. Fox News reported that 67% of Americans favor the assault weapons ban. So I believe these are not radical proposals. What's radical is the inaction that's coming from Washington, D.C. So they need to hear from the U.S. citizens And we need to know as Americans that we are the only country in the world that has this type of gun safety problem. So we need to do something. We cannot accept gun violence as the norm in our country. America is never helpless. We need to act. But the truth is that today, without federal action on gun safety, our reality across the country requires that we be prepared for gun violence in every aspect of American life. I'm sorry for that, but accordingly, we must prepare. So I'm with Jody Myman, who's our director of Louisville Metro Emergency Services. Welcome, Jody. Thank you for having me. Jody, there are a lot of scenarios in which people may need to be prepared. One of these is an active shooter situation. What advice do you have for people listening if they find themselves in this horrific situation? The biggest thing is is to not uh, let this deter anybody from wanting to do what they want to do. I mean, you know, this is something that uh, that we have to be prepared for. You have to know your surroundings. Um, we do a really good job, especially at our special events, with getting the, the word out on see something, say something. But it doesn't stop there. It It's anywhere you, you go, whether it's church or a restaurant or a shopping mall or a special event that uh, that we may host in this city. So, um, you know, if you see something that's that's not uh, normal or, or seems, you know, the, uh, very conspicuous, you should report it to the to law enforcement. But, again, don't let this 
Um, don't let this uh, keep you from doing anything that you want. Um, and it's just, you know, unfortunately, you, you ask yourself, is this the new, the new norm? This is uh, something that you should prepare your family for, um, just as you would a fire emergency or some type of medical emergency. And in fact, uh, if you brush up on your first aid, uh, certainly it would help in an active shooter situation, but it would also help in car accidents and any right. other type of situations, which happen a lot more frequently. Yes, sir. These type of horrific situations. So when you when you advise employers and other large organizations, what do you suggest them to do to be prepared? There's a lot of good curriculums that are out there. Um, the ALICE method, um, alert, lockdown, um, inform, counter, uh, and evacuate. Uh, that's something that JCPS has adopted. All the schools in the area um, are doing uh, mandatory active shooter training in their schools now, just like they would a fire drill or a tornado drill, um, to get um, to get the students and the staff acclimated with, you know, what to, what to listen for um, and what they should do in that situation. And employers, there's a lot of good information. Like I said, the Department of Homeland Security has some things on there that that can push employers towards the right direction on preparedness. And from a first aid standpoint, and at first aid, you know, it's 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 uh, one of those things that we're starting to see a lot of uh, stop the bleed, which uh, you and the staff got to experience yesterday from the University of Louisville. Um, it's a different type of traumatic event that that people could encounter um, that we're having to teach, you know how to deal with gunshot victims and things like that but again like you said it could be you know that those life-saving skills could happen or you could you could use those in any type of situation right and i'm unapologetic in calling out for gun safety reform uh, i'm also believe we can coexist with the second amendment while we do this but i think when we look at some of this as a new normal and we think about our public schools our private schools Within the first several weeks of schools all across the country now, all of our students have had training on active shooters. Yes, sir. And I've already heard from countless moms, grandmoms, about the trauma that inflicts on their kids, just going through that. Uh, Grandma here at Metro uh, Government talked to me the other day about whether she should buy what's available now with a bulletproof backpack that has a bulletproof vest attachment to it. And it's things like that where we've got to really stop and say, what are we doing here? What right. kind of country are we living in here? And the need to advocate for sensible gun safety reform that's not a threat to the Second Amendment. We can do both as a country. We've always been able to achieve great things. So when you think about this from a first responder standpoint that you've been a leader in your entire life, what are the steps that we're taking here in Louisville to prepare for an active shooter scenario? Since March of 2016, we've participated in Metro in over 30 uh, active shooter or terroristic type uh, either tabletop uh, exercises or full-scale exercises where we actually um, put people through buildings and schools and employers who've invited us in. And, and we, uh, you know, we do a really good job of creating that scenario to make it as realistic as we can. Um, we're constantly looking at national and international um, types of events and what went good and, and what went bad at these events. Um, we look at the after actions to see if there's any gaps in our plan or our policies that we need to address. Um, we were able to, um, ver we were very fortunate to have uh, three members of the Las Vegas response community come in. Uh, we had somebody from the, the uh, Metropolitan Police Department, the Las Vegas Fire Department, and their medical director came in and told us those three aspects of like I said, what went good and, and what went bad. And that was a situation that really, um, really changed the dynamics of 
the response. Um, if you think about 11 minutes start to finish and 422 people uh, were, were uh, either shot or killed. And, um, you know, that was, that was very dramatic. Um, and, you know, we really looked at, at, again, where our gaps were at. Yeah. What, uh, when you think about the changes in our community, let's say, well, I mean, you've been a public safety professional now for 25 years. 25 years. How's it different now than 25 years ago? If you would have told me 25 years that we would have been doing this, um, I would have disagreed. I mean, it's, you know, like you said, it's, uh, it's you know, we're coming up on the 30-year anniversary to, to a shooting that we had here in Louisville uh, with the, the standard, standard gravure. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, it's just, it's just not anything that I would have ever expected that you would have been putting firefighters and, and EMTs and paramedics in – uh, in full body armor to go in with a SWAT team, you know, to take care of situations like this. Yeah. And all agencies across the country and all levels are constantly reviewing now. Just two weeks ago, the United States Conference of Mayors had a call where we were featuring lessons learned from the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando with Mayor Buddy Dyer and his uh, police chief down there. So the major city police chiefs were on the call as well. So I, I am encouraged that there's a lot of sharing of knowledge going on in this area. We all are like you from 25 years ago saying it's a shame we're doing it, but it's our responsibility right. to do it at this point in time. So when you think we're like all American cities and we've got to deal now with gun violence in homes, streets, LMPD, you know, they prioritize violent crimes, and there's only so much that we're allowed to do to get guns off the street. And we're preempted from state law by having any stricter local gun laws that's another topic for another day but Jody if people come across the scene of a shooting what is it that they can do the biggest thing is to make sure that the scene's safe for them to do anything you know they don't want to be put them, putting themselves in in the harm's way um, uh, that to keep them safe as well so you know take care of yourself and then once once you've established that that scene is secure um, you know you can put those life-saving skills to work uh, you know if you know the if you know that First step, um, call have you call nine one one. Call nine one one. Obviously, get the get the proper response. Uh, you know, on the way. Um, but you know, like I said, just to you know, stop bleeding or um, you know, potentially use CPR skills or something like that. And and the, a lot of the first aid curriculums that are out now are starting to be a lot more aggressive with, like I said, the stop the bleed that that you all got to experience yesterday, where they're uh, they're putting more of that curriculum into there to take care of situations like this. So basic skills with tourniquet, uh, packing a wound with gauze. If you don't have a gauze, use anything. Now, some people yes. say, well, I'm afraid of an infection. What would you say right. to that? Let the doctors worry about the infection. <laughs> you stop the bleeding. Because um, you bleed out, you're going to die from exactly. that. So. Right. And, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions because a lot of people have been trained for years. You never want to move anybody. And you've got to really look at what's what's hurting that person right now. What's potentially going to kill them right now? Is it the bleeding? Is it some type of back injury? And you've got to take care of that. You know, you've got to take care of that bleeding very quickly. So just go through it quickly on bleeding. If I don't have a tourniquet with me and there's a a wound on a body. What are some? What, what else could I use if I don't have a tourniquet? And a belt, a tie, um, you know, a sweatshirt, uh, 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 ear 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 pod, uh, the you know the cord on ear pods. Anything that you can get around uh, about three inches above wherever that wound is um, to stop that bleeding and put it as tight as you can to where you can physically see that bleeding stopping. And then if there's a wound there that blood is pouring out of, what do I do there? And it's you know try to. 
do as much direct pressure as you can if you've got the proper um, if you've got proper gauze or or uh, you know a, a med kit or something like that you can try to pack that wound because if you just cover it up that could still be bleeding out underneath of that underneath of that um, uh, that packing that you're putting just on top and then going back to my earlier question if I don't have gauze or whatever but if you've got a sock you've got part of your shirt you can stuff that in there as yes. well, right? So yes, just anything for the blood to coagulate and hopefully yes, and start stop. that clot, clotting uh, process. And then if I don't have uh, gloves, that's again where you've got to you know you've got to take care of yourself. Put something, some type of barrier between your skin and and that uh, you know the blood that's coming out from the person. Um, you know, and that's where people are afraid. Well, I don't have gloves, but there is barrier devices that you could use. Just you know another shirt or something else that you're not using to to pack that wound. And then just common sense, everybody should have a first aid kit in their car. Right, yes. And in, in their house, in their car, um, you know, again, but, you know, putting the emphasis on not to put yourself in some type of harm's way as well. Yeah, don't make yourself of it. Part of the situation. So everybody, you know, check your first aid kits, uh, certainly practice tourniquet techniques so that when it comes, you'll be ready because obviously there's going to be a lot of emotions and a lot of things going on, and it's unlikely that when somebody is wounded is just going to be laying there uh, peacefully as well. Right. You're going to have to anticipate, you know, how to help stabilize and keep the patient calm. And chances are, um, you know, going back to what I said about not not letting this keep you, keep, you know, keeping this from you doing something that you want to do with your family or your friends or at your workplace, chances are you're going to use those uh, those skills for something like you said, an automobile accident or maybe a, a cut or something like that, that somebody's got a little more naturally instead of having to use it during some type of active shooter situation. And I've been encouraged in the past couple weeks, it seems like our law enforcement officials have been able to uh, preempt some actions by some people that looked like they were potential active shooters. Yes, they, they, uh, they're constantly watching on social media. Um, you know, and that's a big thing, too, is if you hear something or if you hear somebody to make a threat, that's just like see something, say something. You know, you've got to report that and you've got to, you've got to uh, uh, you know, get the authorities involved so that they can look to make sure that that's not a threat that's actually going to take place. So this is an area where everybody can do something to make everybody safer. Yes. Keep your eyes open, your ears open, and and, uh, and enjoy. Just you've got to prepare yourself. Right. So, again, this is something I wish we didn't have to be talking about on this podcast, but I felt it would be derelict of our duty as uh, public safety officials to not talk about it. So, Jody, I want to thank you and your long career of public service. And I guess in closing, I would just add again that we need to have our federal leaders and our state leaders hear from us to take up common sense gun safety reform immediately. We do not need to wait until the next massacre. And while the massacres get the headlines, uh, I want to point out that suicide by gun Gun is by far the most lethal method that uh, daily suicides take place around our country. And then also the violence that we see from uh, guns in our cities and all over our our country as well. So while we're focusing on mass shootings here today, let's remember the toil or the toll that guns take on everyday life. So as a country, let's figure out how to do this. We've done a lot of big things as America. We can take this on as well and still protect the rights of people to be able to safely use guns. So with that, thanks for joining us today. This has been the Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast.